Welcome to a Drop Tent Media Production. The Porcupine with Adam Nutter. Yo, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Porcupine. Uh, want to say episode number 20, I think. Yeah, I think episode number 20. Uh, thanks for checking us out. Uh, again, guys, for all you know, the fucking awesome show, for all you Meekhawks who came out to the Virginia uh, Fairfax show, that was a fucking great time. Uh, everyone came out, was super strong, super powerful, super awesome. Thanks for coming out to that show. Uh, again, you guys can find me at Adam Nutter and all that shit, all social media. Uh, future show dates coming up real quick. Uh, October 9th, this Saturday, I'll be in Lockhart, Texas with Robbie the Fire Bernstein and Kyle Ruff uh, coming out to that show. October 15th, I'll be at Chalfont, PA, right outside of Philly, opening up for Arenberg. And then October 22nd, I'll be in Trenton, New Jersey at the Ivy Tavern. Coming out to those shows. Uh, Droptent.com slash events for all those tickets. All right, boom. My guest today is a fucking great person, a great person for Liberty, a great person for the whole movement, uh, the best trucker in the Liberty movement over Top Lobster. <laughs> Give it up for my man, Reed Coverdale, everybody. <laughs> What's going on, man? Hey, it's going well, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. Um, so, again, first of all, you're in the middle of a uh, truck stop right now, so sorry that you're <laughs> not super comfortable and you're just doing it from your car. But you do that a lot, man. You're always on the road, always doing these from your fucking car. You kind of look like you're uh, you're like uh, in a bunker about to take a hostage to camera like, every time you record. <laughs> like That's what your vibe is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did the first one out of my truck sometime last summer, and then I realized it kind of gave my show more grit. And so then I just started, you know, because I used to always try to schedule them when I was going to be home. So I do them in my sort of studio deal. But then I was like, no, you know, people kind of like the whole uh, roughneck idea of doing it right from the sleeper cab of the truck. So just started doing more of those. And, uh, you know, sometimes the tech doesn't hold up, but that's become sort of part of my show at this point you just like it's like oh wow reed's having peter schiff on we'll see if his uh you know his wi-fi lasts all the way through the stream or if it just knocks out so it adds like a different level of tension to the show that people have sort of come to appreciate at this point almost <laughs> yeah no I, it's it's like uh, it's like true ruffian uh it's it's like the old west of podcasting in a way you're doing it like if this was back in the 1800s instead of dying in the oregon trail you're just going to die recording a podcast in your truck <laughs> using cheap Wi-Fi and trying to get through a conversation with Peter Schiff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people have asked me, like, how do you have the numbers you do on YouTube? And I said, hey, the way to have a successful YouTube channel, you guys are all doing it wrong. Who've got like the, the super crisp backgrounds with like the really high def cameras and perfect sound, like just set the bar low. And then you can always meet it every episode you do. So people aren't disappointed. And I've kind of mastered that. So I think that's why it's been successful. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we're trash. Apparently we're the trash ones with a good camera. <laughs> you, you're doing it right. You're doing it better than me. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> I figure it out. Just, I'm supposed to throw this shit out. Waste the fucking money. Uh, <laughs> also, I always say this too. You should go by Coverdale. It sounds like a fucking mythical town <laughs> in, in like England somewhere. Like, oh, Coverdale? Oh yeah, we don't go to Coverdale anymore. <laughs> like it's fucked up. 
<laughs> like, it's wild. There's guns over there. <laughs> it's just fucking booze. Like, we don't go there anymore. So just throwing it out there. You know, think of a change. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I know if it's a telemarketer because they always say it, Cloverdale. Is Mr. Cloverdale there? No, he's not here. You know, no. it's, it's it's an easy way out. Um, Reed, I ask this to everybody generally. Um, what brought you to the Liberty Movement? Like, what made you just go, fuck it, this is my path? Well, it was two two parts. Part of it was philosophical. The other part was hands-on. So I did not uh, become a libertarian from reading books, which is, or listening to podcasts. It seems like that's how most people do it. But um, I've been working since I quit high school. I didn't go to college. And in the workforce, you just see that centralized control is stupid. I mean, if you just let people do their own work to their best ability with their own tools and you know how they want to do it and you try not to micromanage i just noticed that things moved a lot more smoothly and then i also just noticed how stupid all the regulations coming from on high were you know it was just osha is like the bane of existence in my opinion i mean they're so so dumb like you yeah. have to wear a, a harness when you're four feet in the air uh, <laughs> i mean it's just it's just the dumbest shit ever so i already had empirical experiences that had kind of turned me off to regulation and uh centralized control and so then i just kind of took it upstairs philosophically and uh in 2014 i started paying attention to rand paul uh mostly after his filibuster of the drone strike program for uh appointing uh what's his name there um our best friend who called us terrorists at the beginning of oh, the year uh uh brennan yeah, Brennan, John Brennan, John yeah, yeah. for the nomination uh -huh. of John Brennan when he was uh, uh, when he was filibustering that. that. That was when I started paying attention to him. And then uh, I supported his run for president in 2016. And that's kind of where it started. And yeah. I sort of laid off on the in-between years. Didn't even really call myself a libertarian uh, until 2020 again. And it was mostly just because I was kind of not impressed with the libertarian party um and then in 2020 things were so bad i was like okay i guess i'm gonna get invested in this again and that's when i really started getting into libertarianism started doing a podcast uh interviewed a lot of libertarian candidates from all around the country and decided you know this is kind of what i want to throw my weight behind and get people to start thinking about this type of stuff and yeah it's just kind of grown from there yeah no i think a lot of people are in the same boat you know everybody always has like that one issue they find and they're like, hey, this is bullshit. And then you look at, like, the two main parties. And they're like, oh, you guys aren't talking about this thing that's pretty important to a lot of people. And, and then, you know, you're like, oh, the liberty movement. What the fuck is that? And then you go down the Ron Paul and all that. You know, everybody kind of has the same pipeline almost in a weird way. Um, all right, here's a question. So you uh, were a guy you fucking came out of nowhere. And it's not, not an insult at all, obviously. But, like, I, I one day Dave, Dave Smith and Phil Levante were like, yo, you, you should check out Reed. I was like, who the fuck is Reed? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just a fucking trucker who's throwing out these fucking great you know, Liberty Wisdom zingers. And I'm like, damn, dude, who the fuck is this guy? Where did you come from? <laughs> like, where did you get to where you are? I mean, I'm glad you are, and I'm glad you are the force you are. It's all, I'm just, it's just, as an outsider, you know, not an outsider, as an insider looking in also, you're like, damn, dude, Reed fucking crushed it. Like, so where did that come from? Yeah, I mean, I owe a lot to Dave. I really do. I mean, he gave me the initial publicity. And then 
Uh, unfortunately for Ryan Dawson, he got his YouTube channel nuked in January of this year. And then I have been like his number one platformer since then. So he's just come on my show once a month and then occasionally more than that. But uh, those two guys have given me most of the publicity I've had. And I really appreciate it from both of them. Um, I don't really think I have anything that unique or special to say. Like it, it's been. Disagree. Kind of, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm. I didn't really, I didn't read libertarian theory until this year, like the beginning of this year. Uh, you know, like I said, I didn't become a libertarian through reading books. So <laughs> when I started getting publicity, I was like, oh shit, I guess I have to start reading this stuff. So I know, you know, what other people are talking about. So I let, uh, you know, I, I started out with anatomy of the state and no treason. Then I read uh, for new liberty and, you know, just you know, kind of branching out from there, reading some of Hoppe's stuff. Cause that's, uh, that's the area I've been checking out lately I'm, i don't think i'm there but it's uh it's interesting so i'm uh you know listening to some of his speeches and getting into that but i'm no scholar and i'm no like um you know i i don't, I don't think of myself as any sort of philosopher i think the reason i connect with people is because i am just a normal guy who's working 60 hours a week and i'm doing the podcast from the road you know it seems like most people who do podcasts who have large audiences they're they're not in the workforce anymore and even people who mix with the workforce a lot like mike rowe like even he yeah. is the blue collar guy himself you know he's like a um he's a you know he's he has a different toolbox he has more the uh intellectual um you know showmanship skills and he connects with the blue collar people it's very rare that you find someone who's actually doing the work who's talking about some of the bigger ideas that kind of bring everything together. Um, so maybe that's the hole I filled. Maybe there wasn't really anyone in the Liberty space doing that. Um, but I think what initially gave me the publicity, it was kind of weird, but um, after Joe Jorgensen really didn't do well and no one did well throughout the entire country, I felt like the Liberty movement was just splintering and falling apart. And I actually thought about, trying something else because i mean if you watch if you watch my podcast at the end of 2020 i was pretty desperate i was just like what the fuck like we can't pull anything together we're not impressive people don't listen to us you know the trump supporters are losing their minds right now because trump lost the uh like far left progressive wing of the democrat party is freaking out because they got um screwed over again and the corporate centrist democrats are taking over and no one's looking at us like everything is imploding everywhere the country's falling apart and no one's like oh look at these libertarian guys and it's because we can't centralize around like the important big issues and we can't just put the dumb shit aside and try to push push a message that's going to resonate with people and so i was talking about that a lot at the beginning of 2021 and that's uh, how dave found out about me and he kind of latched onto that he was like yes this is what we need to do um, and that's that's how I initially got that publicity. And um, I don't know, just kind of grown out from there. It's been really weird, man. I, I a year ago, I was having friends on the show and getting 40 views. Now I'm having Abby Martin and Peter Schiff. Yeah, that's it's, awesome, man. Like, it's crazy. So, so fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, again, your podcast, The Naturalist Capitalist, right? I mean, uh, why that? I mean, obviously, capitalism, that makes sense. But naturalists, like, explain that a little bit to people who don't really get... Because that's, like, a 
a kind of a different concept to most, I guess, grounded libertarians, you know, like the whole naturalist thing and the whole, uh, so yeah, if you don't mind just giving that like a world of like why you went that route for your podcast, like that name, that brand, like what were you thinking with that? Yeah. So I'm a huge outdoorsman. I've done a ton of hiking, ton of backpacking. I've been to all 50 States, most of the national parks. Um, so I, I, ha- I have a very deep connection with nature and I think that the Liberty movement kind of misses that. Like they just kind of dismiss you as a tree hugger hippie. Uh-huh. If you're someone yeah. who is really into the outdoors. And I, I, I think that, uh, capitalism and uh protecting the environment actually go hand in hand in some ways like property rights and you know i I don't think that the epa really protects the environment at all i mean they've just become a shield for corporations when they fuck up that's basically (laughs) what they are now so um there was that part and then there was also sort of the uh like spiritual or religious aspect like i'm i'm more of a naturalist type of guy i don't really believe in uh god or anything like that so it was kind of tying that into it and then also i think that we've reached this point where our society is just completely unnatural nothing uh that we value nobody who's in charge none of the products that are at the top are naturally there because i mean we have such a lopsided value system we have such a lopsided economy such a lopsided government that you know, if you put us 2000 years ago, you wouldn't see any of these people in these positions. You wouldn't see any of these products where they are. It's just because they've been like, they've, they've just been artificially placed there by this stupid system we have. So we need to remove all these structural abominations that make things the way they are. We need to basically remove warning labels, remove regulations, um, you know, stop propping people up who don't deserve power and just kind of let everything equalize again. And, um, you know, that, that, that's kind of where it came from. And I wanted something that rhymed with capitalist a little bit. So naturalist was just a good word to kind of embody all those ideas. Um, and I thought about changing the name a few times, but I'm just sticking with it. I think it works and you know, it's uh, how people know me now. So I think it works. I think it makes sense. I think you just, wraps it all up perfectly i yeah there's no reason to change it that's exactly it's who you are yeah it's like it's like it's to your core too and i, I don't i wouldn't change it <laughs> you know i'm i don't know who am i i'm no one but i'm just saying like i don't know man it's you 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 cornered a good market with that whole idea there and like you're you're rolling with it. and like again people i'm sure everybody fucking listens to me listens to you for sure follows you for sure but like if you do if you guys don't follow read like you really have Besides your hilarious takes, which you know I'm, I'm, I do too on Twitter. You know, we we just shit on people. Yeah. And we fucking you know make jokes and stuff. Too. But like, you also legitimately have like very good solid points on on Twitter, and uh, you were able to wrap it up in a few sentences, I think, pretty well. And for certain issues, uh, were you always good at that, or is that something you just developed through Twitter and like you know through just the fucking climate we're in? Yeah, my dad's an English teacher, so. Okay. Um... I've kind of always had a way with words and um, he also really drove into my head. Don't be repetitive, be concise, get to the point. Um, you know, cause yeah. when he would grade my papers, he was my teacher in school, uh, high school for three years. He would just point out, you know, you reused this word several times in the same paragraph. You basically just reiterated the exact same thing you said earlier here. Just try to, you know, cut the fluff, say something that's deep and cutting and gets people's attention and gets your point across. 
Um, and I try to do that with podcasting too. I, I don't like people who just pontificate for 40 minutes and they're really only saying something you could have said in, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. So I, I try to, I try to do that, but that's helped me with Twitter with the character limit. I can just, yeah. um, what I'll do is I'll, I'll type out the whole idea that I have and then it'll be, you know, 11 characters over or whatever. And so then I'll look through the tweet and figure out what words I can get rid of, what punctuation I can change, uh, how I can word it a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, I think it's always been a knack and, you know, obviously just having all the practice on Twitter, um, <laughs> you know, I've gotten better at it. And when you're driving all day, yeah. you have a lot of yeah. time to think, you know, and yeah. you can come up with it. So, uh, what a few months ago you were doing that whole uh liberty unity thing, mm -hmm. and I think that was a good idea, right? Because we had so many, we still do. Right? It really hasn't changed, but so many fractures in the park. But I'm not texting the whole time. I try to look up information. <laughs> if you look, if you look at me down my phone, I'm sorry. I'm not texting. I'm, 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 I'm like googling okay. shit. I'm trying to find shit. I just fucking. I'm like, I have eighty days. So I'm like all over the fucking place. I'm sorry. Uh, you did the Liberty Unity thing a few months ago, which I think was a good idea. Because mm -hmm. uh, of all the fractures we have in the party and in the stuff. But then I think there's a part where you even saw it where you were like, oh, there's just some people that they don't want to be helped. They don't want to be fucking, they don't want to be discussed with. They don't want to be talked to. They don't want to have ideas thrown their way. And I think that's when you, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's when you were pretty much like, you made a line in the sand. And that's when you kind of jumped to full MC, right? Full Mises? Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Yeah, so what, was, what was that like a decision? Like, you know, what drew you to that? Well, what I, I didn't really understand what the Mises caucus was all about. And that's because I haven't been, you know, I, they started in like what, 2017, 2018, uh, sometime around there. I want to say, yeah, like 17, 18. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I was not involved in the libertarian party back then. So I didn't know anything about it. The first I ever heard of the Mises caucus was when I started paying attention to them uh, started paying attention to the Libertarian Party in 2020, and Jacob Hornberger was their guy. And at first, I liked him because he was the only guy I knew anything about. And I was yeah. like, well, I agree with this guy on pretty much everything. So cool. Uh, but then I started watching him in the debates, and he was just vicious and hateful and spiteful and, you know, just not nice. And then, especially when Justin Amash jumped in the race for a few weeks, he was, you know, calling mm -hmm. Justin Amash a socialist. <laughs> it's just like, and uh, the other thing was, you know, his number one issue wasn't lockdowns, wasn't corporatism. It was ending Medicaid. It's like, okay, we're in the beginning of a pandemic and you're making ending Medicaid like your number one issue. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not impressed. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, yeah. I was uh, then uh, just, Justin Amash was the guy I was kind of interested in early 2020, but then he jumped. So I was like, okay, I don't care who is the nominee as long as it's not Hornberger. And I'll vote for Hornberger if he wins, but I don't want him. Like, I'll take Vermin Supreme over Hornberger. I was just like, this is not the guy who I want representing us because he's he's not Big Tent. He's not, um, you know, he's not interesting. He's not fun to listen to. He's not inspiring. And he's not going to draw people together. So I was just like, fuck this guy. And then Joe Jorgensen ended up winning. And so I was like, okay, whatever. And then I didn't really know anything about the Mises caucus other than Hornberger. And then what I saw was once Joe Jorgensen wins, it was just a lot of Mises caucus people doing nothing but tearing her down. And there were some, 
criticisms of her that I definitely agreed with, but they just wouldn't shut up about it. They just do nothing but criticize Joe Jorgensen. I was like, Jesus Christ, guys, like there's, I, I you know, she's kind of boring and milk toast, and she tries to convert everyone into being a full on libertarian at every speech. And she's, you know, her social media team has put out some woke shit. That's not cool, but uh-huh. you know, whatever. Uh-huh. So anyway, that was, all I knew of the Mises caucus was Jacob Hornberger and then all the people hating on Joe Jorgensen. So I thought the Mises caucus was like this idealistic, like super, um, you know, super isolated, like anarchist, our way or the highway group of people. So I was like, that's not what I want the libertarian party to be. Like, I want to focus on the big issues, like the wars, ending the fed, ending the drug war, you know, stuff like that. And then the other stuff, if we disagree on it, that's cool. So that was like what I was thinking. I didn't realize that's exactly what Michael Heiss wanted. You know, like if you look at the Mises caucus, that's what they talk about. They talk about the, uh, you know, Austrian economics, ending wars, ending the lockdowns, ending the war on drugs. And then if you disagree on abortion or immigration or IP laws or whatever, like it's not the end of the world. So it was just like a several month um you know, reconstruction of my understanding of what the Mises caucus was about and what it was for. And then you're right. Like you realize some people don't want to be helped. They don't want to work together. They don't want to get anything done. They just want to be like, they just want to be parasites feeding off of someone who's successful and just tearing them down all the time. That's really what they do. Cause a lot of the people who didn't used to hate me now they do. And they've come after me, tried to tear me down, tried to delegitimize me, try to say I'm a Nazi or a, you know, a racist or, and then there's people on the other side who just say I'm a grifter and I'm a, you know, someone who's riding coattails, don't have anything interesting to say, whatever. And so I've realized like, okay, I'm still all about the unity thing. I really am. But you guys have to jump on board. Like we're not, I mean, I'm not going to like be a therapist trying to get all these retards to stop screeching at each other. It's like, all right, guys, look like me, Dave Smith, Justin Amash, Spike Cohen, Karen Ann Harlos, you know, you, um, you know, a lot of great people in the Liberty movement, we want to work together and we want to actually accomplish something. So you can come with us if you want, but I'm done. Like, throwing life preservers because you can grab onto them or you can just sink and i'm not going to jump in the water and try to hold you up so it's been a bit of a it's been a little bit of an evolution but that concept i still totally believe in and uh you know it extends past the liberty movement i mean if you if you agree with me on an important issue um you know i'll totally support you like i retweeted matt gates the other day for saying the cia was the enemy of the people um you know i had abby martin on a couple days ago i had a great conversation with her about the war on terrorism and the military industrial complex like that's my jam like if you can find an area of agreement we'll work together there and you know disagree on other stuff so concept's still there but i've just realized how many shit bags there are and i'm not gonna coddle them like they can jump on board or they can drown (laughs) um that reminded me. I, I was writing down uh, Megan McCain. <laughs> uh, you've had a almost like a silent war with her, <laughs> like that we know about. Um, is she aware of you? Um, I think I would be blocked if she were aware of me. Okay, I mean, fuck. Even like 
somehow someone might have brought it up to her. You think? Like, I mean, dude, it, it gets a lot of re- it gets a lot of like uh, those back and forth. Getting like a lot of uh, engagement on Twitter. It, it's hard for me to think that all these tags that she's getting or her team's getting, like no one's and then no one blocks you. That's weird. I don't know, dude. Same with uh, Marianne Williamson. No one blocks me there either. Like, I. I really... I'll tell you why. Uh, no, I know that. I could answer that for you. She's not Megan McCain. As in, like, she needs the like she, all the attention sh- she'll get. She doesn't give a shit. Megan McCain, she goes, oh, my father was this. Oh, I was on The View. I don't, you know, whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. No, I tweeted out something, too, about Megan McCain when uh, she, I don't know what the fuck, but she tweeted out all the fire emojis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, re-quote tweeted. I was like, why are you telling us what your dad sees? You know, it's like, fuck, you know, fuck her, dude. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, people are like, that's rough. It's like, her father murdered thousands of innocent people yeah. over his own wealth and fucking lies and, and i'm like why do we care about these people i don't understand you know so i'm glad like guys like you and others and me and are like no nah, f- fuck them i don't care they, they they need to be told the evil things that they or their families have done <laughs> like i don't you know i don't understand the pushback we get yeah i mean i i'll tell you uh you'd be surprised some of the messages i've gotten from like higher up libertarian professionals who are not allowed to say that type of stuff they've sent me messages saying like hey thank you for uh-huh. going after marianne or thank you for what you said about mccain because i would get fired if i said that you know and then um i mean my boss is based like if if i said something hard in the paint i'm more likely to get a raise than get fired so he doesn't give a fuck um and i don't have to worry about my job there are a lot of people who even if they're not libertarian professionals or whatever if they're just an office worker they have to be careful because if they say something their employer might find out about it and they could get rid of them so i'm in a kind of special place because i you know like i've had nick gillespie hannah cox Mm -hmm. um spike cohen uh brad palumbo you know people i've had all them on my show and i have good rapport with them um but I'm also like a complete shitlord when I want to be. So I'm like in a, I'm like in a, I'm in a weird spot. I mean, I'm friendly with the reason types, but I'm also not one of them. And I'm friendly with like the hardcore shit posting types. So I'm like a bridge almost and both sides appreciate me. It's kind of weird. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can even stay in that place forever. It seems like it's such a hot zone that eventually somebody's going to hate you, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, no, you can't because this happened. There's no way because uh, the 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 screeching libertarians will never accept you if you don't disavow all of us. So so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, well, like, there's, there's like a there's a difference between I've I've called them the bitch fuck cucks and then like the <laughs> the blue people. So like I would consider Nick Gillespie to be blue pilled in general. But he's not a bitch fuck cuck. Like Archie, Archie Flower yes. is a bitch fuck cuck. Um, so is uh, um, uh, what's her name? Um, Brianna Coyle. You know, people like that. Like they're just they're there to be parasitic and leech off of people who are successful and just you know screech all the time. Uh, but I don't think that way about like Brad Palumbo or. Um, hannah cox or any of those people like they're just in a different lane that i understand they got to act the way they do and as long as they're not you know trying to shoot me down i'm fully in support of whatever they're trying to do because they're 
they're working in a different area of the Liberty space. And I think that's cool. Uh, but yeah, the bitch fuck cucks, they can get fucked. I don't care about them at all. Yeah, no, they, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so what, okay. What do we do? They're not going anywhere. Some of them do. Some of them go to the Green Party where they belong, but like most of them don't because it's a cool kids club and they, they feel like they have a right to be here. Everyone has a right to be here if you want to be here. But if you're just here to fuck shit up, then you know, don't be here. So my question to you is, what do we do with them? How do we get how do we get rid of them or how do we how do we fucking condition them? Like what's the plan? Because they're not going anywhere and they keep getting in the way. So what do we do? Uh, I just blocked all of them <laughs> Same. on Twitter because it's, like, <laughs> it's the only place I ever interact with them. And since I blocked them, I haven't seen any of their shit. And we, we let a campaign like block Nick Sarwark, block Archie. Yep. And like Tom Woods and Dave Smith even ended up doing it. And guess what? Like now you don't see any of their shit ever. And no one even realizes they exist. And they have no power. They have no audience. Zero. They're irrelevant. And, you know, when there's petty shit like what happened in New Hampshire and what's happening in Delaware right now, it had just like, uh, you know, keeping troops in Saudi Arabia in the nineties, uh, you know, you have blowback. So the Mises caucus is the nine 11 of the libertarian party. You know, they're going <laughs> to bring it back. So. Fuck. That's funny. Uh, yeah, man. No, you're right. I blocked, uh, I blocked Sarwak. Uh, that fucking man, that fucking cunt. He's such a piece of shit. He talked so much shit to me on Twitter one time, and then I remember seeing him and be like, "Yo, what's up?" He was just like fucking right through me, just fucking, you know. And then, I, and then I was after that, I was like, "Oh, he's such a fucking coward." I, I wasn't trying to fight. I was just gonna be like, "Yo, dude, like, why don't you talk to me now? Like, you you talk all that shit online. All right, here I am. Let's fucking talk about it." But I wouldn't even get past the hey. Then I saw him again recently. Uh, Spike was speaking at this uh, thing in PA. And it was happened to be at the same place where the state board convention was, and I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm the Newtown border for PA, uh, for PA, Bucks County border for PA. Sorry, so he was there, and you know I'm like, you know what? Ignore him, <laughs> I just fucking ignore him, and it's better because it goes away. All him, Archie, all those guys, because you block them, they get power off of us shitting on them. Yeah. So we remove yeah, that's why that, I say and they parasite. go away. Yeah. That's why I say they're parasites. They need a host. Like if they don't have a host, they wither up and die. So um, I'm not, I, I've gotten a little heavier with the block button because I had some like actual serious shit leveled against me. That was complete bullshit a few weeks ago. And so I blocked a ton of people who were trying to implicate me in it. And then uh, I sort of had like Twitter APAC coming after me last week because I was doing some hard in the paint Israel tweets <laughs> and <laughs> like they were reporting me and trying to get me removed so i started blocking anyone who was liking comments and you know I, I so i got pretty heavy with the block button recently but in general i don't block people who disagree with me Same. um yeah. you know because I, I think Same. i think disagreement's good i think it's bad to live in an echo chamber but nick sarwark archie flowers andy craig they're not honest disagreements they're uh -huh. just they're just being bitches so like you're not you're not removing any valuable conversation from your lexicon if you ditch them. So I totally encourage anyone to just 100%. block them. And how about Archie then goes on a GoFundMe because he's poor, and then all the Mises Caucus guys give him money. I mean, it's yeah, like... I, I didn't give him any money. Same. <laughs> yeah, no, same. I, no, oh, I didn't ironic, either. No, no, no. I, uh, fuck you. That's why. Why the fuck would I help you? Yeah. You've been nothing but a cunt yeah. to me and all my friends. 
I'm going to give you money because you're poor. And that's the thing. It's not like, oh, I'm sick. Oh, I can't. It's like, hey, I'm just bad with money. All right. Yeah. Figure it out. We all are. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. No, no, no. You don't, yeah. you don't get charity from me after fucking trying to literally ruin the lives of, of, of friends of mine. Yeah, I think this speaks to a larger issue. Libertarians as a whole really are not impressive people. I mean, there are some really impressive people in our movement, like Tom Woods, Dave Smith, Jeff Deist. Uh, you know, I'd say like Nick Gillespie, Scott Horton, uh, Spike Cohen, I think is pretty impressive. Uh, you know, Ron Paul. Like, yeah, There right. are like really great people who've really inspired a lot of thought and um, pushed people in a good direction. But like when it comes down to the boots on the ground, um, we do tend to garner a lot of like degenerate, useless pieces of shit who don't know how to do anything. <laughs> and they've only become libertarians because they know that it absolves them of responsibility, basically, of contributing to society or ending up in prison for, you know, drug abuse or whatever. And I don't know, like that. It kind of sucks, you know, and uh, it, it just shows like, you know, the fact that I am where I am already in this movement is more of a damnation or indictment of the liberty movement than it is an endorsement of my resume. Because, I mean, I, thanks for your compliments, but I don't think that I should have the audience I have already and be in the position I'm in in this movement already. Like, it, that's just really terrifying, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> I think it's because there are just so many, just so many retards and so many people who have never done anything in their lives. Like they haven't held a steady job. They haven't moved out of their parents' basements. They haven't read a book. They just haven't done anything, but they think because they watched a couple of YouTube videos that they have all the answers to the world's problems and they're preaching down to everybody else. But you look at their lives and you're like, huh, wow, that's interesting. Like you're teaching us about economics, but you're $10,000 in debt still living in your parents' basement. You know, like that doesn't make sense. That's the thing that bothers me. And my producer is also a comic. And as comics, listen, the scene generally is pretty left-leaning, okay? Like I'm a pretty big outlier. <laughs> it's the scene yeah. of comedy. Um, I have a, a lot of friends of mine who, you know, we'll get into, not, not, not arguments at all, but just conversations about like, you know, politics, economics, this shit, that shit. Okay. Most of my lefty comic friends will talk to me about the minimum wage and all this shit, and this is wrong, and this is why the government needs to tax stuff. And I go, okay, cool, 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 cool. You live in a fucking basement with seven other people. So I think yeah. I'm going to listen to myself and the people I read about money management and <laughs> and, and, and taxes and, you know, and, and, all, and finance because I'm pretty sure what I'm doing is better than what you're doing. And it's not a knock. I'm saying you do whatever you want but don't pitch me like I don't see what you're living in. And don't hit me with like, yeah. well, it's because it's a city and it's bullshit. It's bullshit. And I'm not, it doesn't mean, I'm not like, oh, you have to make more money. Dude, I was literally broke for a f years. I was like negative money <laughs> for fucking years. I was like in the yeah. red. Negative thousands. Because my, my mom, I, I thought this before, my mom stole money from me at one point. It's not while I had a job. I was working full time and thousands, negative thousands of dollars. Where like my, the bank kept doing that thing where it was like, hey, you're broke. So we're gonna take more money from you. It's like, hey, okay, <laughs> I don't have it. So go nuts. Um, so I do know what it's like to crawl out of a fucking legitimate hole. I was in a legitimate financial. Like I thought I was fucked forever. I crawled out. I made it. 
you, you, you have a little bit of luck, a little bit of fucking hard work, and all of it combined, you know, it's you could do it could be done. But I don't want you to fucking just be like, I know because I watch CNN. You don't know shit. How many books do you read economics? I read at least three. You know, at least three. So I'm not saying I'm a fucking genius. I'm fucking dumb as fuck. But at least I know the basics of economics. I, uh, Henry Hazlitt, Thomas Sowell, that shit. You know, I don't know if we lost Reed or not. No, we didn't. Okay, you froze for like a decent time. Sorry. <laughs> oh. No, you're good. But like, yeah, but like they didn't read yeah. that shit. No, you I mean, know? Yeah. No, you're you're right. Um, and the uh, the thing I try to do is lead by example. I always have. You know, I've literally never ever been in debt, and I've also paid for everything in my life with cash and. I have more in savings and investment than most people have in debt. And, uh, you know, I bought my parents' septic system for them when I was, I think I was 21. Wow. You know, because they, instead of taking a loan out from a bank, I just gave them $9,000 to rebuild their septic system. And then they paid me back. I bought my dad's truck for him last year. He's paying me back. Uh, I bailed a friend out who had chest surgery and both of his wells went dry. You know, just loaned him money and he gave it back. Uh, you know, I've helped my sister out. I've helped friends out. Um, you know, so like, I, I mean, I'm a bank basically. I'm like the opposite of what most people are these days. And, um, I've never, ever had to worry about money. Like I've, uh, you know, I've traveled all 50 States. I took like months at a time off, drove up to Alaska, lived off the road. Um, you know, and I have skills that I've learned at different places. I know how to just uproot and move and I could get a job pretty much anywhere in the country if I wanted to. And, you know, so to me, that speaks a lot more volume about the value of capitalism and markets and all that than reading a book. Like if you can actually prove to people, hey, I know how to use my money wisely. I know how to advance myself in this economy. Uh, this is something I think the post-libertarians are actually spot on about is the whole wealth, power and influence thing. Like if you, if you don't have any wealth or influence or power or whatever like why are people going to fucking listen to you why are they going to be like oh look at this guy in his basement who has read anatomy of the state uh but just plays video games all day and weighs 400 pounds and has never you know <laughs> done a thing in his life so i think being impressive and living by your principles and showing other people that it works is going to do way more than pontificating about what rothbard said or what mises said or what Henry Hazlitt said, if that makes sense. It, no, it does. Uh, there, there is a thing, like, especially with libertarian dudes, and I love everybody, but, like, I'm going to shit on some of you for a little bit. <laughs> like, there is, like, okay, I was at the Virginia thing, the, the party, it was fucking great, the, the show show was great, the after party was fun as fuck, right? But, like, there is so many awkward dudes in the libertarian movement where, like, I'm watching just from afar of just awkward dudes trying to talk to chicks, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. It, it's like, it, you know, it's like, it, it's like you guys got to get it together a little bit because you, you, they had no problem talking to me for 47 minutes after the show about fucking, you know, school choice in my eyes without breaking eye contact, but they can't say hi to a, a, hi to a pretty lady. You know, it's like, you yeah. guys got to... It all matters. It all fucking matters. It all comes off a certain way. So if, again, like, I mean, I'm kind of parroting what you just said, but yeah, if you could rattle off an animated state for 60 pages, but someone's like, cool, can you have sex with uh, with a lady? And they're like, well, I'm working on it. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, man, that kind of, I don't mean like the sex thing, but like confidence. Confidence comes into play. Like if you don't come off, you know what you're talking about. You look stupid. 
I guess is my greater. Yeah, point. I mean, yeah, I think the irony of all this too is, uh, you know, all these, a lot of these libertarians, they end up in places where they need the state. You know, like Archie ended up getting a bunch of money from the Mises caucus, but if that hadn't happened, he probably would have had to, you know, try to get some help from the government. And a lot of these people like this end up in those situations because they don't have any skills they are in debt they haven't figured out how to get a hold of their own lives and so they end up reliant on the thing that they're supposedly trying to dismantle it does a lot more if you're someone who is self-sufficient and can take care of yourself and your friends and your family and you're not doing a podcast and you're not you know reading the right books or whatever if you're doing that without the theory you were doing a lot more to disempower the state than you are if you're reading the right books and spouting off pontifications on a podcast you know like i think i think the action is a lot more important so it's just ironic to see so many libertarians who have the theory but they don't fucking do anything about it yeah that's definitely a problem with us is the action part right i, I think i don't know what ha- I, I dude i don't know what it has to do with I, maybe it is confidence I don't know because why are there so many people who are willing to just, again, hide behind, I mean, on our side, like hide behind the Twitter and just spout off their shit. But it's like, well, Hey, why don't you say it? It's like, well, I can't It's like, well, why? It's like, well, I don't know my job. It's like, okay, I get that, I guess. But at what point I'm like, who's the fight? Who fights for us then? Like if if people are so afraid of their job or, or social pushback, then it's just us who can't really lose our jobs to do it. Is it up to us then? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know where we go. Like, where do we go? If it can't be everybody, it also can't be just some of us. It's like, it's a weird, I feel like rock and a hard place we're at. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up religious and um, I noticed a lot of people who went to my church. The, the religion was just something that kind of made you feel good or whatever. But okay. then if you actually looked at how they lived their lives, they weren't living like Christians at all. You know, they weren't putting others before themselves. They weren't forgiving. They weren't generous, whatever. So I think it's similar with libertarianism. Like a lot of people just like this because it sounds good. You know, it sounds inspiring. It sounds interesting, but they're not willing to actually live it. So, I mean, and then you're going to have that with everything, you know, with, any religion or any like political ideology or any social fad or whatever, like people like the way it sounds, but they're not willing to actually change themselves. Um, so th- I think that's what the problem is. And it's certainly not exclusive to us. You know, I mean, everyone has that. Yeah, that's fair, man. Uh, where do you think next year at the national convention takes us do you think angela gets in and we do uh a little nice switcheroo in the lp main uh xcom there or do you think nah it's gonna be the same or some shady shit gets thrown around like what what do you think you think we really have a legit chance of taking the party over i wish it were happening this year not next next year because i don't think the prague caucus dissolving was actually helpful um because what you saw happen is after the Prags went away, then you started seeing more splintering among the Mises people. Like you saw people start going to like post-libertarianism or re-embracing the paleo strategy or 
you know, doing um, you know, like embracing agorism or whatever. Like you saw it, the pretty united Mises caucus faction start breaking up already. Um, so I don't know what we're going to be like in a year. I want us to stay connected and stay focused and have resolve, but I don't know, like the tendency of movements is to break up, not to build. Um, so I, I think it's really important to try to build and to try to point out these big picture issues and try to form coalitions and try to, you know, try to encourage people and excite them and get them involved. Um, but it's, a, it's a lot easier to tear down and it's a lot easier to, I mean, I do it all the time. I try to, what I try to do is I try to punch up, you know, instead of like just arguing, you know, block Archie, block Nick, block all those guys, keep them away. Instead of punching down like that, like take it to Megan McCain, take it to uh, Marianne Williamson, take it to Liz Cheney, you know, take it to the institutions, take it, take it to the people who are actually like ruining your, ruining your life, you know, not the annoying Twitter retards, like take it to the actual power structure um, that's the only way I see us staying united in any sort of way. Um, but if I had to guess, I can't imagine that Angela doesn't get elected and the Mises caucus doesn't continue taking over because all the bullshit that the bitch fuck cucks keep pushing, right. like it, I mean, no one likes it. Nobody at all. Like, I mean, you just see the reactions and everyone's just like, what are you doing? It's just a few people who have power who won't have it much longer, I think. I hope. I mean, yeah, man. I, I mean, the, you saw the Delaware. I'm sure you know the Delaware thing that just happened in Delaware, and like, I think that's gonna keep happening. And even people who are just on the fence of like, or Mises, really, what they say, or like, you know, they see that shit and they go, oh, no, 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 they're actually right. These guys are scumbags. And like, good, good Delaware, do that. Do what you just did. That's only gonna help us. Yeah, it might money things up for now in the next week or two for them. Okay, they'll, they'll get it sorted, and they're going to get fucked. Like, they're going to yeah. get so fucked. At, at what point do, do we – how do we start kicking these people the fuck out? I mean, like, there's, they're, they're, now they're, like, committing actual theft. You, you know, I don't want to – you know us. I don't want to get the fucking, uh, obviously, government involved at all. There's no police or anything. But, like, they are stealing technical data from members by doing this. So if, if a whole membership votes in a person – and then other members just decide to fucking oust that person and then control that data. Well, you didn't vote those people to have control of your data. It's like the New Hampshire thing, but a lesser scale. You know, so like, yeah. what at what point could we be like, actually, get the fuck out of the party. You're done. You just stole shit from us. Yeah. Well, I think you're right that that's going to be the eventual trajectory anyway, because no one supports it except for the people who have the power, and they don't have much power. And you saw what happened in New Hampshire, like it just completely backfired, yeah. it completely backfired. So I do think you're right that, you know, now that the Prague caucus is gone, we actually do want this antagonization coming from these few people just to keep the fire fueled. Yeah. Because every time something like this happens, it builds a ton of resolve and uh, conquest within the the Mises caucus. And I, I think, you know, we need as much of that as we can get. So uh, yeah, keep fucking it up, like everyone, please, because yeah. you uh, you give more reason for people to join, more reason for people to hate your guts, and it's gonna work out in the end. Yep, uh, dude, I think we're at an hour, right, Jess? We're about an hour, yeah, man. Uh, I don't want to keep you any more in your fucking 
uh, torture dungeon cage. Uh, just, <laughs> dude, Reed, <laughs> thank you, uh, so much for coming on. Finally, and finally, it's finally cool to actually get to actually talk to you. I know we all used to kind of talked on Twitter for the last month or so, but like, it's cool to actually hang out. Hopefully, more of these, man. Obviously, you're always welcome on my show. Anytime you want to drop by and talk shit, hang out, laugh, whatever, man. Uh, fucking hit me up. You're always more than welcome. But before you go, uh, please tell everybody they can find you and your podcast and all that stuff. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, man. Um, I know last time, I got I got fucked pretty hard last time. I had to drive to like eleven o'clock Mountain Time or something. It was retarded. So like it was. I think you're on. Yeah, you're on. You're in East, Pennsylvania. Yeah, so yeah. I've been one o'clock in the morning or something. So it just didn't quite work out. Um, but thanks for having me back on. Uh, it was a good conversation. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Reed Coverdale. And then I'm the naturalist capitalist wherever you find podcasts. So YouTube naturalist capitalist on anchor. Uh, so that's Apple, you know, Spotify, all those platforms I'm on there. Uh, I typically go live for my interviews. And then a couple days after I go live, I'll download the audio version to anchor. So if you're someone who likes to listen instead of watch, you can do that there. I'm also on Odyssey now uh growing there slowly i don't know how much longer they're gonna let me stay on youtube because <laughs> yeah i know like i have some guests that youtube really doesn't like <laughs> and uh mostly ryan dawson so i, I don't know yeah. uh i don't know how long they're gonna let me survive so make sure you follow me on odyssey and those alternative platforms but i'll be there as long as i can and you know this doesn't cost me anything i enjoy doing it so i don't plan on moving along from this i think it's good and I, i've seen it you know, which amazes me. I think it's mostly from the people I have on, but uh, uh, I've I've really seen people's minds change that I have known for years. There's this guy that I've known for like, uh, man, I've known him for like 15 years, and he was like an, a pro-Israel MAGA, like hardcore Republican guy, and he's a Ron Paul libertarian from listening to the Four Horsemen every month. So you know, like, <laughs> I, it, it is making a difference, and it's Good. encouraging, and I'll I'll keep at it. Good, man. Uh, everybody, go check out fucking Reed if you're not already. I'm sure you guys are, but please go check out Reed if you're not. Uh, again, you guys, you know where to find me. Adam, none of stuff. Uh, next episode, which I'm recording right after this, weirdly enough, fucking Clint Russell's coming on. So that's cool. So, uh, come on out. Yeah, check that episode out, everybody. Again, Reed, thank you very much. Guys, peace out. Next time. Thanks for listening. Find Adam on social media, Twitter and IG at Adam Nutter or Facebook and TikTok at Adam Nutter Comedy. And for podcasts and merch, check out www.droptent.com. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode.